We are thrilled to have with us Mike Solon from the Seattle Police Guild. And he has, you know, you've seen him uh, on the national media. He is a, a really well-spoken, outspoken guy. And uh, I'm excited to talk to you today, Mike. Welcome to the show. So, Mike, let's get right into it. Um, so, the, the Police Guild is basically your police, is the Seattle PD's union. And now, aren't evil police unions going out there and saving dirty cops' jobs? That's basically what you do, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, that, that's, the, that's the biggest false narrative, and it's, it almost makes me laugh. I can tell you that since I've been involved um, on the board level of this union, um, and there's, there's many times where we haven't um, granted a discipline appeal for one of our members that we feel violated community trust. And, um, and, and uh, typically, anti-police activists, that's one of their talking points, and that's clearly not true. And so you can see watching, uh, you can hear them transition now to trying to silence police unions because we are the only effective voice out there that can push back politically and get into the media and really describe and um, verbalize the problem with what's going on. Uh, whereas police departments, they have to remain uh, middle of the road. They really can't, they can only be just give information. They really can't put their opinion out. That's why it's so important that police unions need to get involved verbally. We need to explain why we do certain things, not exonerate. Because the system, the investigative process works and the system will find whether or not the officer's actions were reasonable or not. But it's incumbent upon police unions to be the officer's voice. And officers right now need that more than ever. That's why it's so important police unions exist and we need to get more involved. But I'm also of the opinion too, there's almost way too many uh, police unions across the United States. And what I mean by that is that's not a negative thing, but it can be if we're not united. And we need to get in, we need to have a solidified voice so we can be powerful. There are a couple major, obviously national uh, police unions as far as big groups, but man, we really need to get on the same page, not just nationally, but across every state uh, there cannot be egos involved. We need to really have one mission, and the mission is to protect cops. Now, does the Seattle Police Guild, do you have a parent organization? Well, yeah, we do. Um, we belong to United Coalition of Public Safety. Okay. It's uh, mostly West, big West Union police unions, such as San Francisco, Los Angeles Police Protection League, Sacramento, San Jose, the list goes on and on. We have Omaha and Nebraska. We have the New York Sergeants Benevolent Association with the NYPD. They're fantastic. They're an excellent and we are, Yeah, and we are growing. Um, and we're trying to, I mean, UCOP started in 2017. Uh, the premise was to get a narrative out there, more of a positive approach to policing. Um, and I want us to see, I want us to see us bolster that voice. Um, but right now we're almost all, uh, just trying to still be in reaction mode because all of our CDs are under siege. Uh, and if we could all just get on the same page with the same message, then we could really be powerful voice for our communities across the nation and stand up to this, what is a uh, significantly 
assault on our, uh, our republic, in particular, the police officers who serve and protect all of us. And if, if these activists, these Marxists, are able to, uh, to win and silence police officers, our unions, there's going to be no stopping them. And that's why it's now, it's so important now more than ever, we all get involved in the communities that back us, which I believe are the ignored majority, the reasonable communities across our entire nation. And we saw that here in Seattle, though, there's a significant support network in Seattle for reasonable people. And when we have 185,000 signatures on our petition at stopdefunding.com due to this nonsensical activism with people that support defunding, that people are pushing back. And uh, it, it, that's what gives me hope. Even when we have a radical city council that are completely anti-police here in Seattle, I still feel as if the Seattle community supports us significantly and people are scared and they're looking for leadership. And that's why I think it's so important. Police officers and more importantly, police unions need to galvanize and we need to push back, but do it professionally. And I think we're doing that. Well, Rasmussen recently came out with a poll that said the majority of voters that they polled don't want their police departments defunded. They, they want more police officers. And, it's, and I, I thought what was especially telling about that poll was 80, uh, I think it was 83% of black potential voters in that poll said, we don't want less cops we want more cops. And I think that's what you're seeing in Seattle, right? With your si almost your silent majority of citizens. Yeah, absolutely. And the biggest proponent of policing are those most impoverished and crime-ridden neighborhoods in the inner cities of America, particularly in Seattle, are those communities. They want police. They understand that if you do not have police, there will be lawlessness. And that's what we're experiencing. Our homicides are spiking right now. And crime is really rising high. And you're unfortunately due to the lack of political support by our elected officials, in particular, the city council, um, officers are looking for an escape hatch uh, because they want to see their, their career uh, be saved. And so they're looking for greener pastures and they want to go to neighborhoods and communities that actually their elected officials that will actually support them. And so I think a year from now, we could see a significant reduction in the Seattle Police Department force, probably four to 500 people down. And that would take years, a decade at least, to recover. And I'm not sure um, when that can happen. We must get political change here in the city of Seattle. Tell people how long it, it takes briefly, but, but, but from when you hire a police officer to where they are on their own answering calls on the street. Yeah, good question. Typically, the, uh, the police academy takes about six months here in the state of Washington. And then you're put into a, uh, what they call a post basic law enforcement officer uh, academy here in Seattle. Seattle PD runs it. And it's basically a workup of uh, Seattle uh, Police Department policies and manual sections and Seattle law. And that's another three to four weeks. And then they're put out in the field in the field training uh, program. And that's about three and a half months. And then they're on probation once they uh, get done with uh, FTO, field training officers, and um, for about a year. So I would say that process takes a year to finally be by yourself comfortably uh, serving our citizens. 
And that's the thing. I, I want people to understand that, that, you know, there's all these calls for police need more training and all that. I have trained at your academy. I have trained in the city and I've trained a lot of Seattle cops and your police officers and your training is some of the best in the country. Uh, you are trained in so many different things. Your Seattle PD is so professional in what they do. And you've been, Seattle PD has been dealing uh, with riots and protests, uh, both peaceful and non-protests, uh, non-violent protests uh, for decades. And you, you guys know what you're doing, you know how to deal, but then uh, it post George Floyd, we had uh, the summer of love and chop Chaz. What really happened there, Mike? Well, to your earlier point, um, we are the most progressive agency, I believe in the nation. And we, are, we lead in training. And I'm very proud to say that. I'm very proud to be a Seattle police officer. Um, as I have trained officers across this state for years uh, with uh, SWAT team tactics, I, you know, I see the caliber of officers that actually take this, take this role in the Seattle Police Department to be, to be above, above uh, most agencies. And that's why there's so many agencies now wanting to recruit officers who are looking to, to leave Seattle because of lack of support. Yep. And so we transitioned to what occurred in Chaz Chop. Um, unfortunately, that became a really political decision that uh, I believe divided our city. And um, the decision to leave the East Precinct, I think was done for safety reasons because officers were getting hurt and there wasn't political support. And the council was transitioning, which was a national talking point which is defund, right? And that's, it, it's a national movement. And you, and you and I both agree, these riots, these demonstrations, um, they all have the same message. They all, uh, I think the end game is to abolish police and significantly hamper our ability to serve our citizens. And they feel as if, if they divide us between us and our community, they win. So Chaz Chop experience, basically uh, that failed experiment as it was, was a direct cause of us leaving the East Precinct. And it became a six block area of a city in the United States of America where police couldn't even go into. Obviously crime spiked and the biggest tragedy in this whole thing was the crime. And most significantly that impacted black uh, human beings. Absolutely, uh, had, you had we, a couple of homicides, right? Exactly, we had two homicides, six shootings, attempted rape. I can't tell you how many robberies and assaults yeah. that occurred, um, but, but here's the thing is that that six block area was patrolled, if you will, by armed people. And that was the, that is directly, directly violates what they're screaming about is that they don't want a fascist society, but what they're doing, they're the fascists. They're prohibiting people from filming there. They're screening people to come in. They put up their own wall. I mean, for me, it's just the height of hypocrisy. And the fact that our city council, uh, blamed police officers for assaulting protesters in the battle of the East Precinct is absolutely, absolutely unconscionable. And you and I both know that Antifa type of people embedded themselves in these demonstrations and then directly started to assault police officers. And so that's where the messaging got lost, where uh, police were being blamed as far as chemically violating and assaulting uh, peaceful protesters, but you and I both know that activists embed themselves into those demonstrations and steal the narrative for George Floyd 
and um, and that's how they operate. And that's where we are today. So, well, and unfortunately, very often the media is complicit with that false narrative. I think that is, you know, law enforcement so frustrated with that. That's why the National Police Association, uh, partially, that's why we exist because we're trying to get the information out there. I know you're all over the national media trying to get the information out there. And yet there seems to be a limited capacity for the media to embrace the truth sometimes. Do you see that? That's a great way to put it, a limited capacity, but it's an intentional limited capacity, right? And the only way we can move forward in a society is, kind of, is have these conversations you and I are having in a long form discussion. You cannot get your talking points out in a short media clip where you're, where you're pressured by time and your message can, in a sense, get lost. And I think media intentionally does this to push advertising dollars. That's why they focus specifically on short viral digital media clips of our use of force across the nation. Because number one, it sells advertising. You drive people to your platform and you get viewership. And for me, that's the biggest issue we're having that is more divisive at a time when we need more unity. And that's why I think long form discussions are the answer here because my main thing, and I'm comfortable saying this, police departments, police in general, the profession has been tragically behind the eight ball here as far as getting our messaging out there, driving a narrative, not spinning a narrative, but we need to explain our actions, provide context and facts. And I mentioned to you earlier, not exonerating, because we have to gain trust. And what, the tip, what, what the media typically does is they are biased to a degree. And there's no way we can capture that narrative back without doing our own activism. It has to be reasonable activism. And we have to get out there in the forefront. That's why I've been passionate that's why I ran for the, this position was to drive our narrative. That was my platform. And what I've tried to do is get on as many national platforms as possible. But it's interesting. All the national platforms don't want to participate because of the politics. It depends upon what side of the aisle they fall on. And then I think it, that's such a gross disservice to our nation when I'm trying to get as much media appearance as I can because I'm passionate about talking about police issues so we can inform people. We have to correct what the media is doing. They're dividing us at a time when we need more unity and cops are the answer to that. Now you, in, in taking on this role, because you're, I mean, you're a regular Seattle cop too, right? You're a working cop. And yeah, yeah. My position is now full-time with the union. And I, mm -hmm. I, uh, I got out of being in uniform geez, at the height of the George Floyd uh, unrest in mid-June. In fact, I was ordered to come off the line mm -hmm. uh, because I was being so vocal. I was trying to do both double duty. And uh, I, I miss being out there. I miss being in uniform and being with the people. But I understand um, I would be too much of a target and yeah. I would not be able to do focus on what I need to do in this role um, if I was divided uh, with both uh, responsibilities. But I, I miss being with the great men and women out there who are holding the line. And um, I'm basically uh, trying to be their, their voice at a time when they need, uh, they need leadership. And uh, I hope I'm doing that for them. I think that they're happy and um, doesn't say I have all the answers, but I think your platform 
is fantastic because you're assisting police officers all across this nation with getting their message out, getting their voice, having them be heard. And, uh, hum and people, need, people need to understand that we're just human beings. You know, we're not robots. We're not uh, superheroes because we, we make mistakes uh, because we're human and we have feelings. We have uh, psychological impacts. We have PTSD from the job of policing. We see the worst of humanity and we are called to clean up that, that negative uh, source of it in our society. And um, that's what's lost here as well. Not just our message, but the message of just cops are just humans. And there's only so much we can do. There's only so much we can take. And yet we agree to take this job. We volunteer for it. It takes a specific human being to do the job of policing. And we are willing to give our lives in the service of others to that oath of service for complete strangers. That's why I love cops. I love police officers and I'm so passionate about it. Uh, and I wanna learn more. I don't have all the answers. I wanna learn from community and I hope the community can learn from us and we can bypass the biased media and get right to our communities. And we've got great ideas. And of course, nobody's really picked up on that here um, because it shows you the hypocrisy of the people that are the, the detractors in our society that aren't police friendly, obviously, but we're so professional that we understand we have to serve them too. And we're willing to do that still, so. Absolutely, and I mean, Mike, you took this position with the guild at some personal peril, right? I mean, you know, you have a, you're, like you said, you're a, you're a human and you have a family and, and uh, you, you know, you've, you've had some problems with that, right? Yeah, I have. Um, but they, the people that are trying to intimidate cops, uh, broadly speaking, to silence their voice, um, they don't they don't realize that what they're doing to the cops and and I don't want to become part of the story. Right. Because I think this role, I understood the risks with me being vocal in particular in Seattle, which is, you know, obviously uh, entrenched with activism, but that's a very small group of people that are the loudest, but the radicals, I don't understand the risks. And so my, so does my family and um, we're all in, I mean, I will never ever let the mob, the cowardly mob intimidate me, even if they come to my house to try to protest me and my family, they don't realize that that emboldens me even more to keep driving. Um, and I'm proud of my family. They're stronger than me, which is just incredible. And, um, and more importantly, I'm so passionate about backing coppers because I love cops as just human beings and I love my community. I'm not going to be bullied and uh, we're going to keep driving. Um, in fact, you know, I don't want to sound too aggressive, but I said this in a radio interview this past week, uh, we're re receiving more threats. Uh, I said, just bring it. I'm here. I will verbalize uh, my support of police officers. I will, I will heighten my uh, and improve my responses. But I will also say, and I'm comfortable doing this, is I will protect my family and their security at all costs. And I will not let people besmirch me, besmirch police officers, and I will never, ever allow them to intimidate me to silence me. And that is your right. That is all of our right to be able to protect our homes, protect our families, and yet to get our message out there and talk about the, re the facts, the facts. And, yes. and you, you've done such a great job of, of doing that. And, and, 
and when we talk about facts, Mike, what would a defunded Seattle Police Department look like for your average citizen? Lawlessness. That's what people need to understand. That you know, just what we saw in Chaz Chop, right? Lawlessness, um, fascism. You know, I want people to remember that when a, a police officer, when you and I both put on that badge and that gun, we put up our right hand and we swore to what? First and foremost, uphold the Constitution. And that is not what Antifa is all about. That is not what some of the political left is all about. It's, it's That's right. It's that's, why, that's why cops are the only, uh, I think, recourse to tyranny. Yeah. stop this nonsense. Obviously, we have our wonderful military, but cops are, are the ones that are holding the line right now. And we can't let it get more violent. We have to keep driving. We have to keep serving. That's why I'm constantly tagging it my, uh, in my Twitter account at Real Mike Solon, hashtag hold the line. That's why, you know, that's why the, the battle for the East Precinct and one of my pictures is, which I think is fantastic, a picture of a, of a drone at Eleventh and Pine of officers in a line and there's about 10 feet of distance between basically the mob. And uh, that's, it's so incumbent now more than ever that police officers keep serving. Um, because if we don't, we're gonna lose this nation. And um, I do not want it to devolve into more chaos and more violence. That's why it's now so important for our communities to get involved in. That's why we're trying to take stopdefunding.com nationally to protect those agencies and communities with this defund nonsense. It's nonsensical activism. And anybody that supports defunding or even spouts it, they, they're not looking for a solution. Their end game is abolishing the police. And they're a very small group of people if you look at the statistics and the percentages across our nation. And yet they're the ones who are committing all the crime. They're the ones that are committing all the violence. They're the ones that are trying to intimidating people to not have their voice. It's an absolute definition of fascism. And we must stand up and stop this Marxist takeover of our nation. And that's not being hyperbolic. That's not being alarmist. I'm a reasonable fella. I don't fall on a hard right spectrum. I don't fall on a hard leftist spectrum of politically speaking. I'm right in the middle. And uh, I have to be because I work in Seattle. I, we understand that this is a blue state. And we're, we're proud to serve the citizens of this city. You have given uh, our viewers a lot to think about, some resources to take a look at. And if you would like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at nationalpolice.org.